Hi, and welcome back to The Walter Show. I'm Walter Neslund, and I'm on a mission to bring the best kept secrets from the Nordics straight to your ears. For this week's episode, I went to Helsinki to meet up with the CEO of Arctic Startup, a media and events company focused on the startup scene. And if you think that those companies are a dime a dozen, well, this one is quite different with heavyweight backers like entrepreneurship superstar Gary Vaynerchuk. We talk about finding one's purpose, what it takes to become a good entrepreneur, and the importance of showing genuine interest in other people. Or as this free-spirited, burning man-loving startup activist would put it himself, instead of just pitching, try asking some questions. And I bring you the wonderful and colorful Dima Sarle. I'm on this road trip now. Yeah. So I, I'm going around to uh, to the Nordic countries, Sweden, uh, Finland, Denmark, Norway. And um, I'm trying to figure out who the coolest people are in each city. So I tend to ask the people that I'm meeting, like, who, who, else, who else do you think I should meet? And your name came up, you know, kept coming up. So you're apparently one of the cool ones. Well, gl- glad to hear it. <laughs> um, you know, it's, I think everybody is cool in their own right. So, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here um, because, you know, my, my feeling is that what I want to talk about is it's, it's about helping everybody find their purpose, right? And I think that's something that's not talked enough in the, in the startup community. And we just had the event and that's uh, where I was really trying to maybe influence it a bit. Right. So why do people start startups, do you think? I, I think most of the time for completely the wrong reasons. And I actually, you know, my company started out as a media company writing about startups. And I realized that we were actually a big part of the problem, right? Uh, we have stories like Mark Zuckerberg. We have people, um, you know, the founder of Minecraft, right? Making a lot of money. And what happens is I feel is that young people look up to that and many of them go, well, I want to be like that guy. And instead of looking inside into themselves of who they really are, they try to become somebody they're not, right? And that means they're looking for money, for example, right? And I think, you know, if if money is the goal, that's one of the worst reasons to start a company. Because I think it can really, first of all, prevent you from actually achieving anything. Uh, because you become too emotionally attached to money. And if you keep chasing money, then then and that's a problem. I look at the entrepreneurs who have a purpose, right? And I love working with these people. Yeah. Do you, who do you look up to in the startup world? Who do you think, who do you think has this down? You know, like it's nobody you would know, right? It, it's, it's people like my, my friend Douglas who would never go to a startup event, right? I organize startup events for a living, but he's my really good friend because he wouldn't go to one. Right, he's too busy building his company, right? It's a company nobody knows, right? He doesn't care about fame or accolades. He just loves music, right? He just loves working in the music industry and he doesn't care about all this startup buzz, right? He came to uh, my event as a speaker last year because I just wanted him to come and he, I could tell that he was uncomfortable, right? He just wanted to be back at the office doing his thing, right? So it's people like nobody knows because they are the ones who have a purpose in life and they just do it. I, ha- I have this little test that, you know, when I work with entrepreneurs, I-, I like to ask them a question. It's a very simple question. It's also a part of my hiring 
kind of system as well. I have a I have a hiring system that I have developed, and like what I ask is like, okay, like what is your goal with running a company? And usually it's you know um, I want to make an exit or I want to even if it's not about money, there is something. I'm like, okay, well, let's imagine you're fully successful, right? You make 20 million euros, it's in a bank account, the company is gone. What are you gonna do then? And most of the people, they pick something completely unrelated to what they're doing now, right? They go like, well, uh, I would like to become an actor. And I'm like, well, why are you running a fintech company? <laughs> like, what the hell, man? <laughs> right? And, and, yeah. that's, and that's like 95% of the cases, right? And very rarely do you have a person like my friend again, yeah. who goes like, well, I'll just do more of the same. Well, in their defense, they're doing an <laughs> acting job as yeah. startup people, right? Yes, they, act, they, they are acting, right? They're not true to themselves. You're right in that. But very rarely do you get a person who goes like, you know what? I don't know, I'll just do the same thing, right? Maybe slightly different twist on it, maybe a different company, maybe I work for the company I saw, like whatever, but I just want to do the same thing because that's my purpose, that's yeah. my path. Yeah, I, I think uh, I've met a lot of entrepreneurs and uh, interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs and I think that a lot of the successful ones, and, and actually, I mean, those are the ones I tend to meet, they are doing what you're telling me now. I mean, if you look at Sebastian Knudsen, for example, mm, yeah. you know, he, obviously they sold King and uh, obviously they got a lot of you know economic benefit out of that. He's still running like he not only he's not this he's he's like the creative director. He's still creating games. You know that's what he loves to do. And uh, if you go to his house, it's like the gaming couch is yeah. the biggest piece of furniture in the entire you know house. Uh, he apparently loves games. You know and yeah. uh, does it really does it really well. Um, so. I think that's that's true and but what do you think I mean because it's hype now obviously especially if you go to like Stockholm School of Economics or somewhere and everybody used to say like yeah I want to be a McKinsey consultant and now everybody wants to be a startup and you know do the next Klarna or something yeah uh, do you think that hype is gonna I mean given that it doesn't work if, if you don't have the passion it won't work out for you given that do you think this hype will kind of resettle itself and, and uh, vanish? Well, look, given that I don't like hype in general, right? But at the same time, I feel that this hype is much, much better than, you know, the McKinsey hype, right? Because before, when your society keeps telling you, look, you get a successful job, well, you go to university, you get a successful job, you have to work at the successful job for 40 odd years, then you retire and then you're happy, right? So a lot of people stuck got stuck into this 40 year thing. Cause yeah. they were like, well, we're promised to be happy when we're 65 or whatever the whatever <laughs> the age is, right? So they were kind of waiting for it. So you have a lot of people who were working for a very long time at jobs that they don't like and don't enjoy, but they know that at the end there will be payoff. Yeah. Whereas what's happening now with the hype is that the, the, the demise, the fall, the collapse comes sooner, <laughs> right? Whether it is because you have failed your startup and then usually when you fail your startup, you have to reevaluate things in your life, right? Or because you're successful, right? If you look again, if well, we talked a bit about the Minecraft founder, right? Uh, when he sold the company to Microsoft and made a, a lot of money, uh, if we look at his Twitter account, he was tweeting about how depressed he became. Yeah. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs who've, lo who've sold their companies, became hugely successful in the eyes of the world. But because they lost their purpose and they lost their baby and they didn't actually know what to do then and next, they became extremely depressed. So then you have to reevaluate your life again, 
right? So in that sense, I think with the hype, kind of the point of when you actually have to deal with the difficult questions comes a lot sooner, as opposed to say having a steady job, right? right? Um, and in that sense, I actually really like the startup world because I think entrepreneurship in general forces you to start dealing with these questions a little bit sooner. Yeah. Um, and I have a very specific definition of what I think a good entrepreneur is. And I think that is kind of, to me, that is three main things. First, it's um, a person who takes action all the time. So what I mean by that is that they don't just plan, right? They don't just sit around. They have a theory and they just take small steps. They take action or corrective action every single day. Uh, the second is to take full personal responsibility for everything. My dad is a sea captain and he taught me this from the very you know early age, that if anything happens on your ship, doesn't matter how many people there are, it's always your fault, right? Even if it's a person who you just hired, who's new to the job, if they make a mistake, it's still your fault as a captain. So that's the uh, second one. And the third one is I feel that these entrepreneurs that are really good, they live in the present moment, right? They don't really uh, plan too much. They do plan, but they don't plan too much into the future. And they don't care about what happened in the past, right? They just go, okay, today's a new day. What do I do? What do I have to do? So like. These three elements to me makes a good entrepreneur. And when I say entrepreneur, I don't mean a person running a company. Like it's totally fine if you are actually employee number 139 in a corporate environment, but you have this entrepreneurial feeling inside. That's what I mean by that. Right. Um, so what is your own purpose then? Well, my, and that's an interesting one, right? I actually did discovered it rather recently. Uh, and my purpose, I feel at the moment, and it's it's bound to change, um, is to actually help other people start looking for their purpose. Not necessarily to just you know give them an answer. I can't. Only they can figure it out on for themselves, right? But helping people to start asking the question, right? And going like, well, well, wow, there's this purpose thing, and people are actually happier when they have it. Well, interesting. How did they get there, right? So I would love to see more people start asking that question. Yeah, and obviously you're fam very familiar with Simon Sinek, I, I would imagine. Then. I, I am familiar, yes. I didn't read the book, but I did watch the videos. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's basically his thing, uh, yeah. finding the purpose for people and for companies yes. and brands. And uh, he has this second book called Find Your Why. The first one is Start With Why, and the second one is Find Your Why. But uh, so finding your why, that's basically what you're helping people do. Yeah, yeah. And, and how, how do you, uh, what would be like your one, two, three steps? Well, that's the thing, right? And, and that's what I find super exciting about it is that there is no formula, right? Like whoever gives you a formula, they're wrong. Because every single human being I find is extremely different from one another. And that's the beauty of us. A lot of psychiatrists and philosophers, they want to categorize us, right? They want to put us in little boxes. And that does make things easier and it does make it possible to arrive at faster conclusions. But if you wanna help the individual person, first you need to figure out how do they operate, right? Uh, and they're very, very different in many, many, many levels. So I feel that to give a formula would be to trick the system, right? And it's just, it would be me trying to say more about myself than it would be me to actually try to help people. Right. And to actually help people honestly is to ask them questions, right? To get them to ask them the questions, right? But the first thing, the first real step is for to talk about it because 
if you get people to ask the first question, what is my why, or more simply, who am I? That's the starting point, right? Then they are already on a path, right? Then they'll be like, the moment you ask that question to yourself and honestly sit on it for a minute or two, you'll be like, well, if you don't have the answer, you'll know. And if you don't have the answer, well, now you have to search. And many people search for, you know, through many things. Some go to meditate, uh, others go on retreats, others go away from society. On the contrary, some start companies and go into entrepreneurship. Others get a, get a kid, right? So there is no one way. And um, as one uh, very interesting philosopher, Alan Watts said, is that if you want the other person to change or benefit, you're already doing it wrong in a sense because basically you are forcing your own desires and your own thinking onto somebody else, right? So you're not really doing it for them, you're doing it for yourself. So the way I like to think about it is that, well, I just like talking about it. And if somebody happens to you know, stumble upon this podcast or get a benefit out of it, then great. But right. if not, then at least I had a good time talking to you. Right, yeah. So that's, that's, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, I, I, I think of several things when you say that, one of them being that, you know, the reality is the reality, that's what is. And then every way of describing reality, however you do it basically, is gonna be a simplification. Right. of that reality so and also what we're saying here is that so if you do a, a, some uh, so if you can't do a simplification like that you can't record knowledge about it either yeah exactly right so, so that's one thing and and so that makes it difficult to even have the job you have if you know in a way in a way because there's another side of it and that's the side that you were mentioning now when you st started talking about it, I was like this makes it impossible to help anybody but what you said then is that, well, but you could just talk about it and kind of play the game and see what pops out. Yeah. And that is interesting, I think, because that's kind of how it works for, I know it works like that for me. Uh, when I start doing something and I just stumble upon something, I, I assume from the beginning that I'm doing the wrong thing, you know? And then you kind of just talk and talk and talk and eventually it'll come out. So those two ways of doing it are interesting, because it, but it would be hard for you then to maybe write a book or something like that? Like I can't write a book the way you say Simon Sinek wrote a book, right. not finding your why, right? Right, Because then I, I would know I'm lying, right? Yeah. Because like I can write a book about say, how did I find my why, right? Right, And then if you get inspired by my way of doing it, fine, right? But like I would be lying if I can tell you exactly how you can find your why, right? right. Because like I don't, only, so, you, only yeah. you do, right? But you know, at the, at the same time, it's about your own purpose, right? If you do whatever it is you're doing with your purpose, the result should not matter that much, right? So for me, it's not about numbers, right? Like if I help one person, fine. If I help a billion person, yeah, maybe that's a bit better. But it's not really about the numbers. I just do what I enjoy. I do have a, an idea that I'm kind of pursuing now, uh, which is about uniting the Nordic countries. Right. And I think that the Nordic countries, we have a lot in common up here, but we also have differences. And I've talked to a lot of people in these couple of days about these differences and what what's specific about, you know, Finnish people. And, and what everybody tells me is that Finnish people are the doers. It could be like Finland, just do it. You know, <laughs> that could be a great tagline. Um, the, the Swedish people are the marketeers. Uh, the hmm. Danish people are the salespeople and the Norwegians <laughs> fund it all. But now that, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good team, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, but I st again, I want to say, as I said in every episode when I mention this, 
no shade over the Norwegians. I love the Norwegians. We, we're no, we don't only want you for the money. We also love you. For we do. Many other reasons. But anyway, so we have a great team here, right? Sure. And we don't really see, like, I would love to see, like, a Nordic, like, um, how should I put this? Like a Nordic collaboration or uniting the Nordics to be a really strong force for good in the world. How do you see us doing that today? And how, first of all, do you agree with it? And how do you see us doing it today? And how do you think we could improve it in the future? Um, I definitely agree with it. I, I definitely feel that we need to collaborate and work together. I, I was recently in uh, in Bali um, and I, I really love the system there in terms of how they live. And I don't remember the exact system, so I might, you know, if, if people look it up specifically, they'll know exactly how it was, but from my memory at least, it was that, you know, they had a village, uh, or sorry, they had a, f- a family first. And a family is anywhere between, you know, five to like 40 houses. They can be a pretty large family, right? And a family has a set of specific rules for that family. And then I think it was 10 families make a village right and that's that's the village and the village itself has a set of specific rules that they adhere to and then 10 villages make a a region i think and that region has a set of specific rules and then 10 regions is a province or 50 i can't remember the exact numbers right and then that province has a set of specific rules and that goes on until you have the whole country or not country in this sorry uh, the whole island right um, and in there, although they have their own rules within their own smaller units, they always go a tier up and have like a shared understanding with everybody else. So they, they actually focus on the commonalities on a global level, but on the, their own rules internally, right? So I think that metaphor and that mentality is something that we need to look at, but is to respect our kind of our own internal rules but not to fight about those rules against others. Be like, wait, these are our rules and that's fine, right? Let, let's just not talk about it. Let's talk about how we are, how can we collaborate together, right? Uh, so I think that kind of mentality helps, but on a practical level, I think it should start with every single individual, right? The more people think that they are Earthians or that they are Nordic, right? Or now there's a saying called New Nordics, which includes the Baltics, right? If they think that way, they will start acting that way and can, that can be a small thing. Uh, like our company, we were always about, you know, Nordics and Baltics, right? So for us, you know, it's all the same. And so the more people treat it that way, the, the more interactivity we will have. Uh, and I think it's happening already in quite a lot, right? You know, uh, in our company, we have employees from all over the Nordics and Baltics, right? Uh, I know many other companies where you have Estonians and Latvians and Finnish and Swedes all working in the, in the same company. So it is happening. It's just not very kind of official, I guess. Um, so, and I think that's okay. I think you need to start with the individual. And the more people think that way, the, the more it will happen. Yeah. And I guess you are doing some of this work with your uh, conference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I am trying to get people to think more about being Earthian. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think with the, with the conference, one of the points is called RD15. Uh, it's going to come to Stockholm in October. And But the, the point is that like I actually attract people with I attract people with um, the standard promise, right? Like because that's how that marketing that's how it works, right? I just go like, people, hey, come here, you'll make a lot of money and meet a lot of entrepreneurs and investors because that's you know that's an easy attraction point. 
But once they're inside, what I want to give them is something else, right? What I go is like, okay, you can you can book meetings with anybody you want at the event, but here's how you talk to people, right? Don't pitch your business. I hate when startups pitch me, right? Like just just don't. Ask questions instead. Be really interested in the other person. Like show genuine interest, right? I I recently went to a conference where I was an investor and I got ten meetings with startups. And literally every single one of them was like, hi, I do blockchain, I want 20,000 euros of your money. Hi, I do fintech, I want 50, et cetera, right? They were just pitching, opening the laptop, showing the product and going like, this is how much money we're looking for. But nobody asked me like, hey, what are you interested in? You know, like, how do you invest? Do you invest money? Do you invest sweat equity? Do you mentor? Who do you know? How can you help? Nobody asked me a single question. And that means like, how can I be interested in, like, I don't know what's the connect. How, how can we help each other? So what I'm trying to do is get people to come, you know, bit normal marketing, you know, we have Gary Vaynerchuk coming and blah, blah, blah. But to be honest, like once they're in, that's where my work begins, right? Marketing is just an attraction point. Inside, I wanna change how people think. And that, that that's, you know, I think only five, 10% of people will maybe get a different feeling, but that that's enough. We have like principles at the event, kind of like Burning Man. We have like 15 principles uh, where we try to change and instill a different feeling, a different vibe. And my goal is that people will go to the event and be like, well, that was different, but they won't be able to say why. Like, I don't, I, that, that's, that's, that's a feeling based thing. Right, yeah. Which is, I think, one of the hardest things and most, with the most potential is that p- feeling thing, as you put it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a thing. <laughs> if you look at marketing, for example, I mean, we all know, and every research point you'll ever see will show that people make emotional decisions. Sure. I mean, that's like uh, Daniel Kahneman. I mean, I mean yeah. you have like the Nobel Prize winners saying that. Still, it's so hard to communicate that upwards in the organization. So if I will tell somebody like in, in this, a CMO that, well, okay, I can't tell you exactly why this will work, I just have a good feeling that it will. Yeah. And it, he, he should sell that to his boss and, and ask for like, you know, tens of millions of kroners. That's a very hard thing to do. Well, that's that's why I feel we need to change how we how we work internally. Like, how do we organize ourselves? Yeah. Like, if they're on their pur- like they have their purpose and they, they know what they're doing, um, they should be able to to do that, yeah. right? And people be like, well, you know what? Like, I trust you, right? Yeah. I, 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 be, I trust your feeling, you know, yeah. let's, let's Let's give it a go. Why not? Or hire somebody else. Or hire somebody else, right? <laughs> but like, I do feel that organizations needs to change, yeah. like the way we organize ourselves. Um, I talked about this uh, quite recently at, at, at um, my own conference, is that I feel that management is actually a problem, right? I feel that we came up with management in the, ni- well, to be exact, the, the, the term started being used in 1907, and then it was introduced by Frederick Taylor, who was the father of scientific management. And the only reason he introduced it was because he believed that people were lazy. And that was his baseline. That is, that is the, the, the basic thing that he said. People are lazy. And he was right, they were. Because, you know, how can you not be lazy? Because before you were basically living on a farm or you were a watchmaker or whatever, right? And suddenly everything changes, right? You had your purpose in life. You were on a farm, farming, making food for your family for five generations. And suddenly comes the industrial revolution and goes like, you know what? From now on, uh, you can't do that because we can do 10X cheaper. So you have to go to the city and work for a factory. There's no choice. And we'll pay you $1 an hour. And then, well, they will always pay $1 an hour no matter how much effort you put into it. 
like whether you really try hard or not, you'll get $1 an hour, maybe $1 and five cents, who cares? Of course you're gonna be lazy. All you wanna do is finish the work, go home and try to sleep for a bit. So in that case, you definitely need management, right? You need to manage lazy people. But what if organizations could create a system where you have a purpose in organization and you hire purpose-driven people and they are not lazy, right? Like why would I wanna manage somebody who is not lazy? Yeah. Like what's what's the point, right? They, 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 they know what to do. Yeah, or harness the laziness. I mean, yeah. there's something to laziness that is good. Yeah. And that is that you could call it laziness if you wanna be rude to the lazy sure. people. I am very lazy, <laughs> you know, like- uh, Or you could also call it a quest, a search for efficiency. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I like that. I like that term a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think, yeah, exactly. Like when people are purpose-driven, whenever they find themselves in a lazy state, they immediately look for ways of how to fix it, Yeah. right? Like when I'm lazy, quote unquote, then I'm like, well, how can I solve it? With technology, with a, you know, you know, how can I do it instead of doing it in Excel? How can, is, did somebody come up with an app to fix yeah. my problem already, right? Right. Or how can I pay somebody? Can I build or it? Can I build it, right? Can I do something else, right? Immediately I look for, you know, uh, things that make it more efficient, as you said, right? And I think again, it comes down to being purpose-driven, right? Like you can be lazy, but if you're purpose-driven, you'll fix the laziness. Right. In one yeah. way or another. This is, I agree, this is pretty cool. So if, if you don't have a purpose and you strive for efficiency, then you just strive for passivity. Right, exactly. And, right. But if you have a purpose and you strive for laziness, then it's a strive for efficiency. Exactly. Because your purpose that, won't go away. That, that's beautifully said. Uh, and I think, I think that's exactly that. Um, Did we solve a world problem just now? Hopefully. <laughs> uh, now we just need to spread it. Um, I'm, know, a, I'm a marketer. Yeah. Well, then, then, then that's a good start. You know, like I had this talk. I was recently in uh, in Minsk in uh, Belarus, right? And I, I feel that entrepreneurship there is just starting, right? Like it's it's what we had in the early 2000s in Finland and Estonia. It's that's what's happening there. And I gave that talk about about management. So like that whole theory was like a half an hour talk. Um, so there's a bit more depth to, to some of the ideas. But you know, one entrepreneur came up and he started arguing against it. He was like, well, I just wanna make money. That's my purpose. I just wanna make as much money as I can. And I was like, well, how do you find people? And he's like, well, I just pay them, I don't care, right? And then, he, and I was like, well, imagine people who are purpose-driven who would work much more efficiently for less pay potentially just because they like what you do. It's like those people don't exist. And what I tried to explain, and I think in the end he understood, is that when you don't have a purpose in your life, if your organization is driven by money, you will not find purpose-driven people because they will simply not apply to you, right? So he is right in that sense that he doesn't find them. Because like if you say in your website that, hey, we're a development company and we just wanna make a lot of money, like purpose-driven people will never, you know, go and talk to you. So that is a problem. Like, and he feels isolated and he feels purpose doesn't exist because purpose-driven people never talk to him. Yeah, actually in, a, in countries like ours, we, in, I mean, the whole Nordic region is a high tax region. So in, in a region like ours, it becomes even more profitable in quotation marks to, to do what you're saying. Because if you're, if you're gonna compensate people with money, and there's such a high tax, not only for, just not only for the for the employee, but also for the employer. So the the amount of actual net money that comes out of that is very expensive to pay. Oh yeah. So if if and we all know, I mean, if if you apply for a job, 
and you will look at like where, where's what's the pay how much will i enjoy being there how are the people how's the environment like you weigh in all these things right so if it's a shit job that where it's just a basically a factory then you want will want more money and on that money you'll pay another you know high tax and the employer will tell, pay like 30 you know, percent employer tax so so that's a super expensive way of doing it. So just from a pure business perspective, the making money perspective, trying to make money is a terrible idea. Oh yeah, exactly. And, and then nowadays, you know, research has been done a lot on the fact that how much money do you need to be quote unquote happy, right? At some point it, it stops mattering. Yeah. Um, Google said that they can't possibly keep anybody employed at the top tiers unless they have purpose. Right? Yeah. They, they just can't do it. Like no matter how much money they offer, no matter what kind of frills and benefits they give them, if they don't create a sense of purpose, people leave. That's right. it, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I know company, like in our own company, we've had people come and say, hey, you know what, We're gonna, I wanna pay you to work for you. Um, and, and, that, and that's kind of a thing that we should strive for. Because in the end, like again, like what is money, right? Money is a thing we just came up with. It doesn't exist. Right. Uh, it's, it's just a concept. It, you know, we, we were bartering and then at one point we're like, well, that's not very efficient. Let's come up with some metal stuff yeah, that we can trade. Third party bartering. That's yeah, what it right? is. Yeah, and then, and then when you detach yourself from that money, right, you can manage it better, Yeah, right? You can, you can, you're less emotionally attached. You know that you can take risks. You know that it's okay to move to a country if that's what you really want. Yeah. You know, I, I actually don't make that much money, right? Because I want to put more money into the company, yeah. right? Uh, and then I look at people who make as exactly the same amount of money as me, and they are unhappy, and they don't do the things I do, and I don't understand why, right? Like, exactly the same salary, but they can't afford anything in life, and they feel depressed, and I can, you know, go to Bali, Burning Man, and like, do whatever I want. Yeah. And it's exactly the same amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just the mindset, right? Like, if you're super attached to it, you start spending it on the wrong things, you start doing stupid things with with the money that you do have. So I think it is very important to kind of detach yourself. And and it helps with entrepreneurship, with making, you know, successful companies. Yeah. Of course profits are important. You're gonna have to pay salaries and things like that. And that there is a danger in there as well because sometimes purpose driven companies are too nice. Uh, I, I've I've had that problem, you know, we've had an employee who was basically was not working for a year but we kept paying the salary because, you know, I, I felt emotionally at, responsible to help that person. Yeah. Um, and of course, in the real life, that's that's probably not a good financial decision, right? And that's oh, one yeah. of the challenges you have as a as a person who cares uh, of going like, okay, well, what 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 can what should I do? Yeah. Um, and, and because for me, the the morality is more important, but the, there is the reality as well that we have to deal with. Everything should be fun in a company, right? Yeah. Hiring should be fun in a company. Yeah. Like I love hiring. I think hiring is one of those things that are very much overlooked. I want it to be fun for anybody that applies. The, w- the way you apply to our company, it's like you can't send us a CV. You can't send us a LinkedIn. I don't care, right? Because uh, it doesn't tell me much. It makes me biased. Uh, I think it's very important not to be biased. I don't want to know if it's a man, male. I don't want to know, you know, or female. I don't want to know what age they are, right? Uh, I just have a form. It has, I think, 13 questions. I can't remember exactly. But it's fun questions like, you know, what would you do in case of a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. Right? That will give me much more information than what 
what degree do you have? Yeah, and you'll also see if they have humor. Yeah, I, yes, exactly. <laughs> Which yeah. is important. And then I will also know, like, you know, are they a team player? Yeah. Are they an, an individualist? I will also know if they fit the culture, right? I will know a lot of things from, yeah. from a question like that. And hopefully they'll have more fun answering it than, you know, listing their 10 last positions or whatever it is. Yeah. Right, and then and and then gives me more data actually, yeah. uh, and we try to make it in an unbiased way where we don't actually know who uh, answered which question, and we just look at the answers, and right. we'll be like we're just ranking the answers, and then highest ranking ones we invite them for an interview, but not with me, but with the team. This should be a service service for everybody to use. Yes, I'm, I'm, I might actually make it. <laughs> you should, um, but that's the thing, right? Like being unbiased is important. Also, I think it's important to like you know who is working with those people that should be the ones who are actually choosing those people, yeah. right? Because like, if I might be the CEO, but I'm not gonna be the one spending all that time with that person. Yeah. So it should right. be the people who spend the time with them of course. To, to, to make that choice. Yeah, I, I was uh, once, uh, or I applied once for an internship position in New York uh, with this agency this many years ago. And they had a form similar to, similar to yours. And one of the questions was like, uh, give us an invention that's uh, you know uh, crazy but good. I, I can't remember the exact question, yeah. but it's something like tell us something. And I just, I just felt that you just, you just triggered me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna build a build a, t- a tower high enough so that we get enough mass uh, over um, uh, far enough away from the Earth so the tower will weigh zero kilos on Earth. And, and then we will create a, a lift, an elevator to, to lift uh, things up into space. And then we can create like these massive cru- space cruises that we can have. We, we just lift them up with this thing. And in order for it to support the weight, we're going to need to make this whole thing in nanomaterial. And just get on and on and on for pages and pages about this crazy tower. You know? And as it came back, like, you're crazy and you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like crazy people. Yeah, and and I just uh, I just I've just had a lot of fun here. Uh, Likewise, I think, I think we could uh, probably uh, we should probably make this a recurring thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. Um, I, I'm up for that. And, and as I said, like um, that, that's one of the things I want to do. Yeah, right? like I, I want to talk to people, right? And again, I don't know what that will trigger with who, right? But if one person hears it and be like. To try something new in their life, whatever yeah. it is, I'm 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 happy, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think it's important that you know, not just me, but as many people as possible start talking about those things, right? right? And have ideas and things about it. I, you know, and and for me, it's also about learning from it myself, right? I learned a lot today, right? But doing these things, I learn. That's why, for instance, I have a kind of ongoing AMA on Telegram where anybody can ask me a question. It's not very many people, it's like 50 or something, yeah. like my f- best friends. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the thing is that whenever somebody does ask a question, like I didn't know I had the answer, right? Right. But the moment somebody asks the question, then my brain starts working and it con- creates an answer. It's the same thing in this podcast. Like very often you ask me a question, I didn't know I had an answer. And like the moment I ask it, I create it. Right. right? So one, one of the things that's why I have that AMA is that, okay, I wanna give back to people but I'm also learning myself all the time. Yeah. And one of the things I started doing, I have a journal that I make for myself, and that's, you know, maybe somebody can do a version of it. I think journaling is very important, but again, find your own way of how to do it. But one of the things I do is I ask myself a question every day, like whatever it is. And usually, almost either immediately or like by the end of the day, I have the answer. 
Very often, funnily enough, the answer is, well, that was a stupid question. <laughs> you already knew the answer to that. Yeah. But that, that, that helped me grow uh, actually very often, like more than many books, right? Because I think you have the answer to any problem that you may be having in your life yeah. inside. You just have to ask yourself the question, not to some guru or some book, just to yourself. And yeah. once you do that, you start getting the answers. And I think you are your own best guide and your own best teacher. And the problem is, I think, in the society is that we often don't trust ourselves enough, right? And I think we should trust ourselves and we should be asking these questions from ourselves and giving enough time. I say, you know what, like go on a date with yourself, right? Just book a time with yourself for an hour, go into a quiet space and just spend time with yourself and talk to yourself. Well, not in a crazy way, but <laughs> well, like, or, you know. Or, or you or, can be in a crazy or way. Or do, right? <laughs> if, you know, if that's what you always wanted to do, but society stopped you, yeah. you know, just do it, right? And answer answer some questions from yourself. Uh, have an interview with yourself. It's really fun. Yeah. And I think that was one of my key takeaways today about how one way is to like abstract things into uh, you know, models and knowledge that you can put in a book and another way is just to talk about things and see what comes out and uh, this yep. is an example of that and and I, I really really recognize my own way of thinking and working in what you said so that was valuable to me oh beautiful thank you and uh, so where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you do um, very easily it's disarle.com hmm? right it's my own personal website uh, I usually put things there. Um, there you can find my AMA channel, so people can go and go to Telegram, ask me any question. Um, I'd lo whenever people do, I try to put the effort into it, and it's usually not like a one sentence answer. I try to make it into like almost a blog post answer. And if I don't know, I'll research, um, and because I, I learn through that. Um, and then earthians.com. Uh, is where yeah, there's nothing there, <laughs> literally, but I just want people to be more earthian. Uh, and of course the event, uh, arctic15.com, right? Uh, arctic15, uh, it's gonna come to Stockholm as well. Uh, so if, as I understand, some of your listeners are from from Sweden, um, then, you know, I'll be there. And then uh, I'm also happy to chat with people, all right? I also feel that one-on-one you know, -on -one conversations are important. So I always try to take as many one-on-one -on -one meetings with people I don't know as possible. So whenever anybody is in Finland, it's very easy to reach me, right? And then if I'm in town and if I don't have 20 meetings in that day, I'll, I'll make sure we can meet. Great. Cool. So um, it was fantastic meeting you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. That was uh, you know, a beautiful start to the day. Yeah, hope to see you soon. Yes, thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.